Welcome to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. I so enjoyed this recording with one of my greatest friends, Cameron Moberg. He's such a great dad, such good insight, two teenage boys, talking about rite of passage, being a working dad and and managing stress, spending time going on adventures with his kids. There's so many wonderful nuggets that you will gain from hearing this man talk about his spouse and his kids. Another super exciting thing before we get started in this conversation, this month, November 2019, we have launched a Kickstarter campaign for a new fatherhood journal. We're going to need all hands on deck to make this thing happen. So make sure to go over to our Instagram, our Facebook, follow the links to the Kickstarter, check out the Fatherhood Legacy Journal, get your copy today, and make sure to share the campaign with a friend. All right, here we go in Cameron Moberg's living room. Yeah, man. Welcome. Dude, it's... Good to see you. It's good to see you. Cameron and I have been friends for over 15 years now. Yeah. I feel like for the longest time I'd say 10 years, but it's been 15 because you were in my wedding. Yeah. Which I actually watched my wedding video last night and like just seeing you in it and some of my other homies. It's funny, dude. Yeah. You're going to bring the band back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was epic, dude. My band played at our wedding. Yeah. I don't remember it being (laughs) epic. I think I remember it being embarrassing. (laughs) How did that even happen? Was that your idea? Was that Josh's idea? It it wasn't Sarah's idea. (laughs) It wasn't Sarah's idea. (laughs) Oh, man. She was so good to me. Gosh dang it. Yeah. So Cameron and I have been friends for a good few years, and... uh, I remember the first time I met you, mm-hmm. knocked on your door in San Francisco. Somebody said we should meet. So I came and we met. Yeah, man. And then we just started hanging out. I lived in SoCal at the time. And uh, the first date we went on, <laughs> not you and I, but our was, spouses at yeah. the time. <clears throat> Actually, couple, I was probably couples dating. Date. Maybe I was dating Sarah. Yeah, I don't think you were married yet. Yeah, no. <clears throat> so you came, wouldn't have been. It was yeah. the second time we hung out. Yeah. Yeah. So we went, Cameron took us to a Mediterranean Mediterranean restaurant place yeah. in San Francisco with belly dancers. <laughs> I I don't know if I knew or if I did know. I feel like I probably knew. And, that there was belly dancers? Yeah. And just decided to go anyway. Yeah. We, and we ate on the floor pretty mm-hmm. much. Yep. Sat like with your yeah. legs behind you and yeah. kind of leaning on the table. And uh, you got called up to belly dance mm-hmm. my belly dance in front of the restaurant with... and i put money in your pants you did you ran it was amazing it was i still have that dollar bill <laughs> signed <laughs> by my... the belly dancer not me <laughs> sits in my underwear drawer <laughs> um, oh man okay so let's i mean we don't need to give an introduction on you whatever but give people an idea Stop. of the great cameron moberg how old are you I'm 38 years old. And how many years have you been married? 18 years. When's your anniversary? November 17th. <laughs> I've started asking that question. It's so mean. <laughs> it's so mean. Dude. Oh. <laughs> and you... I might have got it wrong, actually. No, it's November 17th. Yes. Okay. November 17th. <laughs> Crazy. And you have kids? Yep. Two boys, teenagers, 13 and 15, almost 14 and 16. Dang. Yeah, crazy. It is crazy. Yep. (laughs) And what do you do for a living? I'm a muralist, street artist, graffiti artist. Yeah, many, many names to what I do. And how long have you been doing that full-time? Full-time, it's been five or six years. I've been doing it part-time since maybe 2005 something like that but been doing art all my life like my oldest memories are doing art um i think my oldest memory was probably four years old or so and it was doing art with my aunt nancy and you know drawing with my dad and stuff like that so pretty ingrained in me my mom would even 
in second grade, like take my art and frame it and put on uh, art shows for me and coffee shops mm. and stuff like that. That's so rad. So yeah, it's 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 so ingrained in everything I do. All I all I think about, you know, besides family is art. You know, so I'm pretty stoked to be able to do it full time. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Is that just a quick question? But is it hard transition going from? I don't know what you'd say is like a kind of a nine to five to then. Mm, I don't think so because I was doing it um, part time all the time. So you were kind of used to it. Yeah, I was. I think I was really, really ready for it. Like I was really hungry to pursue it. So when I uh, jumped into it, it was like head first, full fledged. Like I was just all in. Um, and so I love it. I mean, I, it really is like it takes up most of my thoughts, you know, outside yeah. of family. And I just want to always get better as an artist and always pursue the next pro- project and be as creative in my business as I am in my art form as well. So I think it's just so fun. Like it's exhausting and I feel like I've aged so much since I went into full-time art. I, I just feel like I got a lot older really fast. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't change it. Like I really, really love it. That's yeah. cool. It's cool for your kids to see too. Yeah. Um, what has been the best resource to you as a father? Whether that be, you know, when your kids were born, they were young, now that they're teenagers. Is there mm. anything that sticks out to you that's been a resource to you? Um, I would say older men. Hmm. Yeah. Mentors in my life um, have been really important to me. Um, even even before I had kids, like in my marriage, I always kept uh, men who had been through things before I did, you know, to learn from their wisdom and, and just see what they have gone through, learn from their successes and mistakes. So it's always been that, you know, since I was a teenager, there was always older guys that were like, I could go to and just ask them questions and learn. How um, does somebody go about getting a mentor? Um, I, I just think it's like being friends with people being out there. I, I, I don't really know what that is. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know if it's being an artist or what, but like my friends are every age, every culture. Like, I feel like we have a, we're traveling all the time and, and where we live in San Francisco, our friend group is very diverse. So, um, I've always had older people in my life. I don't really, don't really know how to answer that, but I think it would just then, be hanging out with people really. But then do you pursue somebody and say, Hey, would you grab a cup of coffee with me? I mean, oh, do you absolutely. Make, yeah. So you kind of make a leap of building a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think since I've been full-time art, that's been even more important, but also even more hard. I used to be very like extroverted and now I'm, I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. I don't like big groups of people. I don't like to even really hang out with anybody that right. much except for the friends I do have. Right. Um, so that's become a little bit harder, but, um, I've had the same mentors in my life since I was 18 years old. So I think those like few older men that they're still there. So it's not that hard to like reach out to them and pursue them. And, um, and, and they're always checking in with me. Hmm. Um, so I think that's important too, is like, are those mentors, like somebody that's going to be in your life for a long time? Yeah. Because then it's not like a new perspective every time, or they're trying to figure out who you are, relearn you or you're relearning them. They know everything since back in the day, you know? So that's been really good is the longevity of mentorship that I've had. Yeah. And I think, um, cultivating that, you know, so if somebody's listening to this and they don't have a mentor, Mm -hmm. I think it's possible. And I think that, I mean, I know older people, so say you're older, successful people that you see are willing to meet with you. If you ask, like people want to pour into people, they do. You just have to pursue it. Like if someone asks me, like say somebody's younger, you know, 25 and they ask me, I'm down to grab a cup of coffee or a beer, hang out, but you got to pursue me. Yeah. I'm not going to pursue you and show up busy, you know? So yeah, you have to pursue them. And I do think it's so important to pursue someone older or someone who has gone through the stuff. For sure. Because you like people are going to fail. We are going to fail over and over and over. 
and older people have failed more than we have. Right. And just like I mentored younger people, the only reason I know how to mentor is because the amount of times I've failed. Right. You know, and so you're really just teaching them how not to fail or to fail and get back up, you know? Yeah, how to, really how to is. fail well. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Like, I think we look, we look at failure as bad, but failure is like one of the greatest gifts if you get up. Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes we need to fail to become the people we are. So the mentors isn't necessarily that help us not fail, but mm-hmm. maybe fail better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I think, you know, you for yourself need mentors, but also to cultivate that for your kids to know you can't be all the answers for your kids. Mm-hmm. And, if you can select some mentors or help your kids do that, that's cool. So we'll talk about that too. All right. So the podcast is rebel and create fatherhood field notes. Mm -hmm. And all of us have life experience that we can share with other men. And, and if we're vulnerable and open, that's kind of, you know, fatherhood field notes, share where we've been rebel and create has been a mantra for me. And I know you've heard me talk about it for the past few years, but, um, what's something that you are, rebelling against and hoping to create something out of that? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard you ask that question every podcast, you know, and it's hard because there's so many answers that are exactly how I feel. I think someone said they're rebelling against themselves and that's what I feel like I'm doing every day is rebelling against just, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm constantly fighting to be better better dad and a better husband. And so I feel like I'm constantly rebelling against complacency and rebelling against, um, I don't just whatever internal thoughts and and things I have towards myself. Um, but then there's the classic answers of like rebelling against culture and what dads are, um, shown that they're supposed to be. Um, I think the classic answer is like men just go to work and provide and then that's kind of it. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm rebelling against that either. I'm just kind of doing my thing, you know, like I'm, I, I just, I focus more on the creating aspect of it, I think, than the rebelling. Cause I don't really, maybe it's San Francisco, but I don't see a lot of dads stuck in like the, day-to-day kind of like traditional mold that is classic America kind of style. Um, So I think for me, I focus more on the word create when I hear that. And um, like, I've always been into creating. I mean, that's my job. And I've always been into creating the life that like, I feel we should have not about like what we're supposed to have or whatever. So for me, it's like, really creating a awesome life with my kids and an awesome life with my wife. And what does that look like to us? You know? And I mean, that's the whole reason I'm a full-time artist and I guess I rebelled in that way. I'm not doing, I'm not doing normal quote unquote job. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to create my own job and it's a creative job. And so I try to do that in my fatherhood as well as like, we're going to have an awesome life. Like I'm going to take you to see the freaking world and it's going to be amazing. And that's what we do. Like I utilize my job as a platform to show my kids the world because my job requires I travel. Um, There's no point in me traveling if my kids can't see the things I'm seeing, you know, and for me to be gone for a month and a half would just be ridiculous. So you're going with me, you know, like we are going to go on the road together for a month and a half. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess that's it. I'm, I'm rebelling because I am creating. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, to do the other. I have to. Yeah. And if I was just creating this for myself, it'd be such a waste of time. Like Mm. I do not want to get I don't want my kids to grow up and be like, my dad was on the road all the time. Or like when I ran a rec center, I didn't want to be that dad that was like, you know, the kids are like my dad poured into 30 other kids, but not me, you know? So it's like, you are going to go with me everywhere I go as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. It's Mm -hmm. exciting and it's fun and it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's super fun, man. Like, 
we'll just drive across America, have bikes on the back of the car. And it's like, all right, we're going to stay in this town today, pull the bikes off, go ride through the neighborhoods and never been there before. And we're just exploring it together. Uh, it's cool. So what about the dad who can't do that? I think the dad can do that in their own town. Like it doesn't have to be across the United States. It doesn't have to be in another country. Do that in your own town. I think, um, I think the hardest thing for men, um, cause I, I, and I, I'm saying this because it's myself, it's easy for me to get off work and be really, really exhausted yeah. and just want to chill. And I, I do that still. And I have to constantly fight against that. Um, but we have, we, we had kids, you know, like we had kids. It, this is our time with them. Yeah. You can be tired, like just be tired and push through it and go get on a bike and ride down the street with your kids and explore a neighborhood you never had before, you know? So I just, I feel like there's such a short time with our children and, um, I just don't, think we need to be that person that has regrets on the other side when when they're already having grandkids and now we're trying to save what we did by doing it all with the grandkids you know like it's like no do it with your kids and do it with your grandkids and it's not easy i mean it's so hard it's so exhausting but yeah you had kids you just gotta do it you know what gives you that drive to want to have fun with your kids um it's it's the excitement in my kids' eyes. It's like, um, it's the other, their friends too, like seeing me do that with them and then them getting to be like, yeah, my dad's cool. He's, he's going to do this with us, you know, or my mom's cool. Like they're going to go with us and, um, they're not, they're not really embarrassed of us, you know, like they like, you know, every once in a while, whatever, but like, we're a, we're a family unit. Like we do everything together and we enjoy doing it together, you know? So I think, I think the fact that like my kids are teenagers now and they're still excited about doing this stuff, like makes me feel like, man, we're doing it a decent job here. Yeah. Like they're excited to do these things with us. Is there any practical things or like applications you could think of that have helped to cultivate that family unit? I think it's starting really young and getting in a routine of sp- spontaneity. Is that yeah, mm-hmm. the right word? Like a, ru- a which sounds funny, a routine of spontaneity, but because uh, they're not supposed yeah. to be in the same right. sentence. But like we really are try to do that. Like um, yeah, we have our set things we want to do, but then we really try to make it a practice of like we're gonna go do this right now, and um, it's gonna be crazy and it's gonna be fun. And so I think we started that really young and Mm. we, we were constantly trying to reevaluate, like, did we do this in the last few weeks? You know, like right now we had a conversation today, me and Crystal of like, we've been really busy. It's time to do something crazy and fun with the kids, you know? And like, so I think it's constantly reevaluating your weeks and like looking back and being like, what have I done that's just crazy, you know, and fun with them. So what's something that's crazy and fun with them? Um, so if I said, all right, tomorrow your whole schedule is cleared, actually. It doesn't and... have to be crazy, crazy, but like. I'll just give, what's an example? I because because I've known you for a long time. Yeah. And I hear you now say, you know, tr- you know, go across the country, go to another country, which are rad things that you've been able yeah, to do with your kids. But but they're even, hard for other people. Well, I get that. no, no, yeah. I. But not everybody, but you and Crystal, even when that wasn't an option, say Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, because life was different, you still were intentional to spend fun, crazy, go out. I mean, it's it's kind of almost the attitude behind it. Because if you said right now, boys, you, me and Ned are going to go on a hike to the top of the mountain at 10 o'clock when we're done with this tonight. Mm Mm-hmm we would have a great epic fun time. They would love it. Just like if we were you know, like at a hotel in Hawaii and like we're going to exactly. sneak down to the beach. It's yeah, the same it's, thing. It's not about how crazy or the exotic places. It's like just the time. Like just the time spent with them and, and like... 
oh, we randomly shut the TV off and went for a hike, you know, up a hill and overlooked the city. It's so easy to do, but it's, we kind of get in these routines of our day. And it's like, even when we said go on a hike, it seems like a little bit, oh man. Yeah. But I think, I think that's what my kids have always loved is like the fact that you just break the monotony and do something new. And like when things aren't planned and you just go and do it, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's much well, there's more maybe satisfying. Maybe not an expectation. Yeah. Because I think like it's sad. I love this because you say it's more satisfying. Yeah. Because a lot of times, which is fine. Let's plan something. We're going to do something. Mm-hmm. But when we plan it, we kind of have an expectation of how it's going to go. And things don't go to plan. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're freaking disappointed yes. after spending the money and all this waiting to do this thing. Whereas right now, whatever happens, we didn't expect it. Yeah. And our souls need that, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And and I think even in that is like, we'll go through like bursts of things. Like we're like, hey, uh, we were in the BMXing. Right. So we'll spend a like a year like bike riding every day, you know, and then we're like over it, you know, and then we're like all of a sudden we're into this other thing. Like we're really into hiking or we're really into making music, you know, and I think that's okay too is like, just like switching it up and keeping it fresh and like um yeah. it, it's fun for us as parents too because we're like yeah i want to try that new thing let's go do it and then we'll get into that for a little while and that's okay and then you go try another another thing yeah i like it because sometimes i feel like oh we should be the motorcycle family or the skiing family or the whatever and that's you know that's cool but yeah, it doesn't have to be it doesn't like, have to be right it's like if we want to go do this thing for a year or a little bit or try it once yeah go try new things i really like going to new places yeah trying new things totally oh um, that's we're we're big fans of that yeah yeah just seeing something new yeah that's good man well there's a couple things that i want to talk about with you as you're raising boys mm-hmm. and i have four girls and a son and it's important to me you know, knowing that there's other men out there who are intentionally raising their family. One day your kids are going to marry my kids. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've done some things with your boys, uh, rites of passage. And I just love to share some stories around that. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of prompted your trip you do when they turn 10? Uh, we Yeah, we did a trip at 11 and then we did a trip at well, we did another thing at 13, and then I'm working on one right now for 16. Okay, so talk. Yeah. What? How did the 11-year-old one come about? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you and I were talking about it yet or if we were. Know. We could have been talking about it after that. But I think it was just wanting to bond with my, my son. I, I felt like he you know, was in, he was 11 and it just felt like a good age. I don't know, but we just took a road, road trip down California. Just how much up. was this planned? The first time none, you did it, none of it was planned. Okay. So none of this first one was planned and it's just, we just you knew it was going to be like five to seven days. Wow. I didn't plan anything and it was awesome. Like we drove down the five and I was like, Oh, I know we're by the Pinnacles right now, which is like an awesome natural park. Um, knew there was caves there. I hiked in it in high school. Um, there's like caves and you hike through water and stuff like that. Stopped there, did a hike there. Went down to my buddies in San Diego. Well, we stopped in Hollywood. He had never seen like the stars on the yeah. sidewalk and stopped there, you know, and checked that out for a little bit and then um, made our way down to San Diego um, in San Diego, we did the boardwalk, did some laser tag. Um, my buddy had a go-kart. We did some go-karting uh, in his neighborhood, barbecued at his house, uh, just hung out with his family for a little bit. Then we went inland. Uh, my buddy owns about 40 acres uh, kind of above Palm Springs. So you have like the lower desert part and then way up high above it, there's all these farmland stuff. So stayed with him. Um rented some four-wheelers out in the desert, uh, did Joshua Tree, and um, yeah, just hung out on my buddy's land, tried to hunt rattlesnake and all that kind of stuff. Just out being boys. Just being boys, man, just hanging out. 
and it was awesome. I, and I, I remember leaving, like we were so tired cause we just went so hard, dude. And we were driving home and I was hoping to make it home, but it was like, we were only in Bakersfield and it was one in the morning and I was like, I need a hotel. Saw a hotel pulled off and it was so grody, dude. Like, <laughs> And I, there, I remember there was like cockroaches, bro. Oh and my gosh. I was like, hey, Titus, we're gonna, we're just going to sleep on top of the blankets tonight. You know, we only slept like three hours and then got back on the road. But it was all just crazy, man. Yeah. It was just all so crazy and fun. And yeah, we just really bonded. And you just fly by the seat of your pants. We yeah. kind of are just going to drive. And All I knew was at some point I'd be in San Diego at my buddy's house. And then at some point I would be at my buddy's house in Palm Springs. I didn't know there was a gondola in Palm Springs. I didn't know there was four wheelers. I didn't know where the um, dinosaurs were for Pee Wee Herman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like didn't know we were going to do any of that stuff, you know, didn't know what we we're going to do on my buddy's farm. Didn't know about laser tag. None of that. I just had a couple destinations in mind and looked things up on the way, had him think, look things up, you know, like it was awesome to be able to plan that together. And it was just the time, it was just being together. Together. We had so much conversations on the road. It was great. Yeah. Does he ever bring up any of the things from it? Yeah. Yeah. And is there some kind of inside stuff like only you and him know? I mean, I'm sure you shared all the stories, but there's things that you guys remember just from yeah yeah for sure yeah was that the time too that you guys bought that car that was for silas so silas uh i did the trip as well at 11 but the thing is they didn't have like the four-wheelers weren't working out to go um ride the four-wheelers through the desert so before before this so silas is two years younger two years younger so was he like asking dad when are we doing our trip totally looking forward to this up yeah, so I was super bummed because that was one of the most fun um, um, parts. Yeah, that in Joshua Tree was the the best parts of that trip for sure. Um, and I was like, "Dang, what are we gonna do?" And my brother in law had went for this one as okay. well. Um, so we ended up looking up on Craigslist, found a four hundred dollar Mitsubishi Galant, <laughs> and went and bought it, and brought it back to my buddy's land. We took out all the airbags and gave my son a helmet and uh geared him out and i got in the passenger seat and just said all right buddy floor it and we just oh my gosh just through the desert all over my buddy's land and just was doing donuts because there's nothing it's just like bushes bushes and you just crash into whatever we we almost flipped it a couple times like got stuck up on some boulders like it was wild man and and he loved it. Yeah, oh, it you're so kidding good. me? 11 years old. Yeah. Car that you can do whatever you want yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, man. It was good. So then when you were done with the car, what'd you do? Oh, man. So what'd you do with the car? Did you paint? You guys painted oh, it? Oh, we graffitied it all up before we drove it. Yeah. And then we drove it till it wouldn't drive anymore. And then, yes, we we shot it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we shot it up pretty good, and it's, well, you live on forty acres in the desert. I'm assuming you you have could kind of do guns. whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it stayed the car stayed there for like a year and a half, two years, oh, and uh, you know other people shot it up. It kind of became the thing, you know, target so, target practice out there. Uh, so well worth it. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's the, a good four hundred dollars spent right yes, there. Yes, yeah, and you know four of us pitched in. Paul was there. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we all pitched in for it, and it was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely memorable. Yeah. A little rite of passage, mm-hmm. hanging out with the big boys. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So then your kid's going to turn 13. Talk about that. Yeah, 13. I mean, that's definitely, that was like the important one. You know, that's. We, you and I have talked years about like we want to be more intentional dads. We want to make sure our kids have a rite of passage and not just have it be the same old American traditions that, that we have because our right. traditions are kind of garbage um, as far as that, like entering into manhood or yeah. whatever. So um, I had been you know chatting with you and hearing stories and reading books of, of different things that people did and everything was very like, um, that I had read or heard was great, but it was for a very specific kind of kid or, or upbringing. 
And so I just felt like being in San Francisco, like we just don't, we just do things a little different, like, like, which is, it's just a different culture, you know? Um, so meaning a lot of these books, rites of passage, it's more like you take your kid hunting, you it's get very, a gun, very camping, uh, had an idea of what manliness looks like. Right. And they're um, not bad things. They're but not. It's not, it's not the only way. It's not. And yeah, I mean, I'm a painter, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's just a different lifestyle uh, or thought process or whatever. Um, so my son, my oldest son has always been into cooking. And so, all right, let me back up. We did every month, uh, you know, our son would go out with a different man and learn from that man during his 12th year, during his 12th year of what that man, what wisdom he has to impart about being a man in this world. Um, and it was great. I had him go out with like artists, uh, friends who are mechanics, friends who own businesses like you, um, you know, friends who do farming, like just, just totally uh, I wanted a really wide range of, of things, you know, so that he could see that manliness isn't one way. Mm. Um, there's different ways to look like a man, yeah. you know, or be a man. Um, so that was great. And then on his 13th birthday, we set up a really nice, well, you know, nice, whatever you think nice is, but a, a nice spread in our living room. And I asked all the men to come, you know, somewhat dressed up and kind of do it formal. And my son worked with my wife to cook them a dinner. My, my son really likes cooking. And, um, so he, he prepared like four courses, I think for you guys. And he brought out all the courses and he also had to write a speech. Um, and so he, he shared, uh, everything he learned throughout that year and, and what he was hoping to take into adulthood. Um, and it was great. And we presented him with a toolbox and then each man um, presented a different tool in that yeah. tool book box and talked about him. Um, so with Silas, I did the same thing. I, I had him go out with uh, different men and stuff like that. And I did learn from what I did with Titus um, because I was so intentional about not telling my son that this is what it means to be a man. But then I had every man bring a tool. And after I did that, I was like, this is so contradictory to what I was wanting to impart on him. So you wouldn't have done the tool. I wouldn't have done the tools. I would have done cooking utensils and, uh. and supplies. So with Silas, I presented the toolbox and every person brought a art supply because my older or my younger son is an artist. Yes. So I, I think we have to, like, if we're going to do stuff like that, I think it has to be really it doesn't have to be like you're going to make mistakes or you're going to question everything you do. And I think that's good too. But like really think about who your kid is. Mm. Like really, really think about that and think about even in the good sometimes it's projecting an idea of what culture has said something is supposed to be. Yeah. Or you're projecting an, an idea of what you think is supposed to be. Right. Instead of like nurturing who that kid was created to be yeah you know and i i love i love what you're saying and i think that you learned from the first way you did it to be a little bit more intentional with yeah. the second way but i i mean just to, i don't think you caused harm on the first no. one but we should learn right yeah because i think the fact that you're engaging in the questions and conversations and stuff with your son anyways yeah. is showing him I have a dad who loves and cares for totally. me. Totally. But I think shoot, when they all move out, we're all gonna say, Ugh, cringe at some of the stuff. For you sure. You know what I mean? And you know what? It was great because I talked to Titus after that. About it? About it. See, I was, there you I, go. I just was like, yo, I I shouldn't have gave you a bunch of tools. Like, yeah, you might need them. But you also are so smart. You could you can make a bunch of money, and then you hire people who can use tools. Yeah. Like you can do whatever you want. You yeah, know, whatever like works for you. Yeah, and so I I apologize. I'm like, yeah, I'd be great if you knew how to use these, but it doesn't mean you have to. Right. You know, and that's okay too. Um, so I I do think it was good that I didn't like that I did that because it opened up the door for a conversation to say, hey, 
maybe I shouldn't have done it this way, you know, and I, I love you and, and just how you're created. You don't need these things, you know? So it was a good conversation that we were able to have. Yeah. Why are the rites of passage important for, to you? I feel like people that I, certain people I knew growing up, um, I became an adult. Not, not all the people I knew, but like I became an adult and was trying to um, live my life better and they stayed the same. And I think it's because a lot of it, like they didn't have an understanding of what it was like a pivotal point of I'm, I'm an adult now. Doesn't mean you can't be a ki- like a kid at heart. Like I paint because I believe that I'm holding on to my childhood and I believe I'm created to paint like that is what makes me thrive. But I also think that like I'm I'm a man, right? Like I have a value as a, as an adult now. Yeah. And so I think it's really important for kids to have that moment of like I can still be a kid at heart, but I have responsibility and I have I have input and value in this world. And unless they have this moment that says that or this coming into that moment it's a lot of men are becoming adults still trying to be immature so there's a difference between like um holding on to your childhood there's a difference between that and just remaining immature Mm. and i think you need to become mature but still be a kid in some of the ways that you see the world like yeah your innocence almost as far as your dreams and vision and the f- way that you see the world mm-hmm. or the things that you care about? What do you mean? I think you should always be full of wonder. Never lose that. Like you should be in awe of this world and you should be in awe of beauty. You should always be like asking questions and learning. And that's what we were as kids. Like yeah. remember how fascinated everything, like everything we were so fascinated by it. Um, acting silly, like, you're just goofy all the time. Like those are good qualities that, that we shouldn't lose. Like, like we should hold on to silliness and and wonder and playfulness, but we should also like realize that we have something to give this world. And like, we need to mature on, on a certain level. And so I don't know. I just feel like funny as you say that those things and I'm like processing it. Yeah. I think, feel as though a lot of men who don't maybe have that let me call you into father or manhood let mm-hmm. me call you into adulthood they lose the silliness let's say joy mm-hmm. they lose that childlike wonder joy and become a man in the sense of conquering certain things mm-hmm but they stay immature. So it's like they, they lost the wrong thing. Yes. You know, so you lose the wrong thing if you stumble into adulthood versus these things are okay and good. And yes, we're going to act silly in the appropriate times maybe. And you hold on to those things. Cause you know, like when you're 18, 19, 20 and you're hanging out with friends and maybe it's more, I don't know what the word you call it is, but immature. It's like we challenge that don't act that way. We're not supposed to, we don't play anymore. We're hanging out. We're, doing the, you know, all these things that we say make you a man Mm -hmm. that are stereotypical, you know, yeah, whatever they might be. Um, so we stop being silly. We stop being ourself at some level. Yeah. We lose that innocence. Yeah. But we stay immature. Yeah. That's, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm trying to prevent with my children. It's like, dude, like enjoy life. Love it. Don't lose wonder. Um, you know, and then mature maturity doesn't mean you can't have fun maturity doesn't mean you can't be silly doesn't mean you can't have wonder doesn't mean any of that i think maturity means you're you're not going to make as bad of decisions as you did before yeah you're going to learn from your mistakes own up to it yeah you're yeah all all of that stuff you're going to be able to carry a conversation with somebody you're going to be able to look people in the eye you're going to love people you're going to show grace and mercy and love and all that, you know, whereas immaturity is like, you don't show grace, you don't show love, you know, and so, 
yeah, I think there's you just stay selfish. Yeah, you you really do. Yeah, and I think as I can picture kind of the dinner that we did with Titus and Silas, and there's men speaking into your sons' lives. You're calling them into this is what this is the hope that it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us are trying to continuing to figure out life. That's what the whole life is about, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're inviting them into this is what it can look like. And yeah. this is who you are. Yeah. You are a man. You are becoming a man. I see you that way. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's even what I still want. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just wrote my book this year and my dad telling me he's proud of me at 36 years old still means something to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's still in, he still has the power to invite me into you're making it, you're doing it. I'm proud of when I see you with your family. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's what my boys want for sure. You know? think that's what we all long for yeah yeah that's good so yeah it's it's crazy man it's 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 not easy like you know being intentional about this stuff but it's so important i'm i'm constantly having to reset and reevaluate you know like i it i get so stressed like i mean i live in san francisco the most expensive city in the united states i'm an artist that's insane. Like all the artists are gone. Uh, For some reason I'm still here. So it's like, you can imagine how stressful that is. Like just trying to stay. Yeah. You know? And, um, so these last few months I realized like I'm acting stressed and it sucks that my, I don't want my kids to think that that's what adulthood is. And so the last few months, I, I that's what I've been reevaluating is like, yeah, we have this house, you know, and we're, we're working hard to keep it. But if I lose my wonder and joy and my excitement for this house, then why even own it if my kids are being, you know, shown an example of stress? And so it's been really nice, like, since I've had that realization I felt a little more peace of like, I don't care if this house is gone, you know, like, so I'm going to work for it. And, but if I'm not having joy when I'm working for it, then all this is pointless. There's no reason to have this house, you know? So I'm really hoping and trying that I can be happier and project happiness and joy to my children you know yeah let me ask you this because when you said it you you said the last couple months i've been acting stressed Mm -hmm. now what you meant by saying that is you could tell that your actions were stressful actions but when i heard you say it i heard acting and listened to it as you were acting stressed Mm. like like i'm at like so the question i have is as an adult as an artist as a human already in California, San Francisco, yeah. America. Yeah. Do you think you're supposed to be stressed as an adult? Thinking of it in the terms of acting. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question. I've never really, I, I think we're, we learn it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. so what if this house is gone? So what if my I house know. burns down tomorrow? I really don't want it to. I but, know. I mean, and we were, I think that's, that's what I came to the realization of. How do we live in that though? That's got to be a constant. We're still going to exist if all of this doesn't. And I'm not going to yes. live stressed all the time because everyone else is. I mean, how off how I mean, how often do we compare ourselves with others with how busy we are? Yeah. How stressed we are. Totally. Yeah. So one of the I think one of the things that has led me to this is we had work in Indiana for like a month and a half this summer. Mm-hmm. And um my wife and I were struck of how neighborly everybody was like, not just friendly, but actually neighborly and like stopping. And you're like trying to get crap done and people want to have a 20 minute conversation. I was not used to that. Like, that's very hard for me. I'm like, yo, I got to go. I got stuff to do. And so driving home, we were having the discussions of like, Hey, if we're going to go home, like we need to be more neighborly. 
And so I think it's in this pursuit to be more neighborly that it also helped me realize that I'm just stressed out all the time, you know, because I'm constantly chasing the next gig, all this stuff. Um, And it's been a lot better. Like I'm, I'm a little stressed out right now with work and stuff, but at the end of the day, like we've been like chilling, watching a TV show, which I've never really done before in the last like six years. Like, I hate sitting down and watching TV, but we'll like sit down and watch a show together, you know, and play board games. And we've always done board games and stuff, but like just being really intentional about like, I'm going to come home and not act stressed and not be stressed. And it's been good, you know, and it's not easy though. No, but what if I love the word act because it, because I'm hearing it from a different context. Yeah. What if we just started acting not stressed? I think when you would it change? It does. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I would say I wasn't acting stressed. I was actually stressed. Okay. So I needed to start acting joyful, and it makes me joyful. Change you into a more yeah. of a joyful state. Yeah. I think when you are intentional intentional about pursuing it, you actually become that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, of whatever you're pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's how it is. I mean, and it's practice. Mm-hmm. Like if a lot of times we're like, well, that's too hard. Well, you know, I think for dudes, let's be stereotypical and talk about a sport. If I'm going to play a sport, I'm going to suck balls at it at first, mm-hmm. but then I'm going to go get some le- lessons maybe, or I'm going to go play with some people or I'm going to go, I'm going to practice. Yeah. And then eventually, like when you first started, you weren't a baseball player. You could barely throw a ball. Mm-hmm. Well, then you spent time practicing it. it, took years and stuff. And we'll put all this time and energy and effort into those things. And a lot of times we don't think about it for our own sense of life. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So when you practice joy. And joy's the word for <laughs> me, man. Because you've, yeah. you've said happiness and joy. I don't like happiness very mm. much. It's just my own personal thing right now. I feel like there's so much memes and, you know, culture like be happy, be happy, where I almost feel like you fake it sometimes, where I think joy which you've also used joy is both. It's, it's a, I had a great day and I had a bad day Yeah. because it's okay to have a bad day. But sometimes when we have a bad day, we're like, Oh, I'm not happy. I'm supposed to be happy. Well, yeah, you jo- can still joy is a joy. choice. Okay. Yeah. Joy is a choice. Even in the rough day, you're still yeah. going to choose. Happy. Not- happiness is almost like a, uh, it's like an innate response to something, you know, it's like, Oh, that made me happy. Yeah. At that moment, you know, joy is like a choice to, to pursue that feeling yeah. maybe, you know, but you choose to, you choose to pursue that. I think that's important, but yeah, I think it's, it's almost a response to that stress, you know, like how are you going to respond to that stress or that anger or that fear or whatever that is, you know, man, how good to, for you. Cause when you drove back and you talked about being neighborly, who was in the car? The, the boys. Yeah. The boys and, and Crystal, Crystal too. The yeah. whole family. Yeah. So this is a family conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and now your boys get to watch you and go, hmm, how does dad come home? He talks about this thing. How does he come home? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're watching whether you know it. I mean, you know that. Yeah. But uh, they get to see you working that out. And yeah. it's okay that some days are good and some aren't. Uh, and I think that's just part of it is our kids see us grow. Yeah. And we let them in on that some level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I know, I know it's hard to bring kids in on conversations because you don't want them to have the stress, stress and the pressures of decision making that adults should have and stuff like that. You know, I totally get that, but yeah, I think certain conversations, like it's really good to have their input, you know, mm. um, on what we should do, you know, like I really want to move to Europe. <laughs> so I've had that conversations. Well, how do you feel kids about this? And then, um, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling that dad. And I'm like, that's cool. We'll stay here. You know, it's all good, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's good to, it, it gives them, it makes them feel value when they can weigh in on a decision Have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Dude. It's so good. So last thing, what are you planning? You said when they turn 16, you're working on something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, Titus is upstairs, but. Does he know or no? He doesn't know. Um, One of the interesting things I find about this generation is 
none of them want to get their license. And at least in San Francisco, all the kids are like, why do I need a license? I'll just take an Uber. Like that's the culture we have. Right. It's crazy. So I do think um, getting a driver's license is a very important step in an adulthood and being an adult and like um, carrying responsibility and stuff like that. So my kids will both like, like Titus has taken his um, driver's education class right now. That's cool. I Um, like that. And when he turns 16, um, you know, he has to do a certain amount of hours. We will do that on a road trip together. He will be driving. So we're going to take a trip and I'm going to sit in the driver's seat and all right, bro, you're driving, you know, figure this out. This is the map. Like, you know, just kind of figure out all that stuff and navigate together and stuff like that. So it's not like a huge that trip like huge. the other ones, oh. but I think it's more of a responsibility thing. And then like the whole navigational aspect of it, I think it's like a cool thing to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that you could do that boy or girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, so, you know, we have a long road out to our house. So mm-hmm. Brooklyn and Violet 11 and 13, they can both drive. Yeah. And Brooklyn's moving the cars around the property and stuff now. Especially I feel like with my daughters, I want them to know very comfortable behind a car. Yeah. I mean, it's regardless of what happens with our world moving forward, it, it like you're, it's an important responsibility to be able to know how to get in a car and manage it yeah. and get somewhere. Totally. No matter where you live or what you yeah. do. And and even I mean, it's it's just the the act of like them pursuing a adult like project, you know, right. or whatever, I don't know what to call that, but like a it's just like the the act of like you have this thing you have to do. Like so this is your deadline and you have to meet this deadline and get it done. And you have to work towards this. Yeah. This is just, regardless if it's driving or something else, I think it's just important to have those deadlines and like those things that, those goals that you set mm-hmm. with them. And you're like, you you can have some expectations, you know, and I think that's good for them. Yeah, that's good. So last thing, you had also talked about taking them on a mission trip. Yeah. And you did that this last summer, didn't you? summer what did i do this summer oh my god did you gosh, go to china to... oh yeah yeah I went... <laughs> oh man i don't even remember uh yeah yeah uh i was with uh my oldest son in china and we did um it was it was really cool man like china has been a childhood dream for hmm. myself uh and what was it the first time that was my him? first time in china and um was with titus yes what a cool experience it was really cool because I, re- I remember learning about China, I think in third or fourth grade. And ever since then, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to China. I want to see the Great Wall. And, um, you know, and then even um, with things I was into as I was older, like with hip hop and stuff, there was always references to China and and things like that. So I was just like, oh man, I got to go there someday. So it was awesome. Yeah, I got to take him. And then we we went to the Forbidden City and did a tour. Did uh, Now at the Great Wall of China, they have these like toboggans oh really it's so fun dude (laughs) and like all it is is this like cart on this metal slide that's winding down the hill coming from the great wall and all it has is a break that's it and so you go as fast as they let you go you know and so we're just flying down this toboggan on the great wall of china man and yeah uh, just so funny dude how epic is that it was so epic and then so we went um we went and served at an orphanage um, and that was really cool because the orphanage thought we were just coming to serve, which we were, but then I was like, Hey, I paint if you want me to paint. Um, and they kind of brushed it off like yeah. for a few months. They, they didn't cause I hit them up a few months before I oh, went. Okay. I was like, Hey, I paint, you know, if you want me to do something while I'm there, totally ignored it. And then it was like, Two days after we got there, I get this email. We had no idea this is what you meant. <laughs> uh, can you still paint for us? So I had to find, like, go on Instagram, which is really hard. The government controls your phones. Oh, really? So I had to, like, route my phone to another country to make it look like I was somewhere else. Uh, and then get on Instagram, find a graffiti artist, find the paint shop, Jeez. hire someone to go get paint, deliver it to us. It was 
it was crazy. It was an adventure. It really was. So then we painted um, two huge murals for this orphanage together. My son was painting next to me. Um, and then because that was so different for the orphanage, we really hit it off with like the, the guy who runs it. And he took us on like scooter rides through um, the countryside of China, through these villages. My son on the back of a scooter with me, freezing oh cold. We're gosh. both shivering. Yeah. And just oh, incredible. all these scooters next to us with like five people on a <laughs> yeah, scooter. Yeah. And it was really good, man. Um, yeah. And I want to do my plan was at 18. I want to do like a really like a really intense mission trip, like with them uh, when they turn 18. So I think it's so valuable to not just travel with your kids and, you know, yeah. check out cool stuff, but to go and see and serve. Yeah. Serve. Serving is key. Like we you know, we've, we go to Hawaii and stuff. We have part of my, um, art crew lives in Hawaii. So we'll go there. Um, but like the time we went to Hawaii, it's like that land has already been just taken, you know? So, um, we go and work with like the people that are from there and we'll like, when we were there, we spent four or five days before we ever even went to a beach, we were serving the community. So we helped like, uh, serve people in need and, um, you know, hand out food and, and stuff like that. How hard is that? So say I just am going to, I take my family to Hawaii every year. Yeah. How hard is that to me? Just go, you know what? I'm going to call. <laughs> Who do I call? How do I make that? Uh, happen? There's I'm not a saying lot of everybody spots. has yeah, to yeah. do that. I'm just saying you say it. We listen to it. We go, wow, that's really great. That's cool. How do we go? Hang on a second. Let's pause. Yeah. What do I do to make that happen? It's you like there's, a lot of organizations one is called surfing the nations um uh there's serving surfing yeah i think it's called surfing the nations yeah um there i mean there's tons of organizations there like it's not that hard not even there i mean anywhere i go anywhere you go i think it's important to see what is happening to the people that are from there before you go and have fun um that's awesome enjoy it like yeah like but um i feel a sense of responsibility to um, like native Hawaiians, like personally, like I feel a conviction, uh, you know, and if I'm going to go enjoy this awesome beach, like it's, I, I need to give back, you know, to the people that are from there and that still live there. So I, I want to pass that value down to my children. So, um, so we did that, you know, it was like, okay, cool, we're going to serve before we go have fun. Um, and it was cool. Like, yeah, I mean, even if you just did a day, I think that's important to teach, but also important to like show respect to the community that lives there. How did they respond to you? Oh, they were chill. Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone was great. You know, like it's weird. Like, yeah, you're serving, but then you're really getting more out of it than people there probably, yeah. you know, which is, I don't know, kind of unfair, but, um, you know, but you're, you're still doing your kids. Yeah, to you're be doing aware your part of the world. Absolutely. And people. Yeah. And that people matter. Like people matter more than our fun today, even though that's cool too. Like, like people's lives are important, you know, and it's good to just love people and, and they're going to find more joy in loving people and serving people than like selfish endeavors. So, um, yeah, I think they felt that when they were serving. Yeah. So good, man. Well, Cameron, I... I mean, I look up to you as a human. You are <laughs> awesome, dude. A good husband, a good friend, a good dad. Um, you bring joy to people's lives by just being around them. You're that dude who right people want to be around. And so I think you're an inspiration to people. And I think you're doing an incredible job with your boys. And they're blessed to have you. And they're going to be good men who are one day sitting there talking about how they're a great dad because they had a really good example. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I have a good dad, so there you go. Yeah. Hopefully it's, it's passed down, you know, it's up yeah. to us to do it though. Yeah. It's the day yeah. in day out intentional action. It's that intentional we make. man. And, and it's fighting that tiredness of the daily grind and just, just getting out there and doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. You as well. Thanks, yeah. man. Sorry, I'm so tired. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> Friday at <laughs> 7.45. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's not even that late. I'm like, feel like it's, it's oh, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> 
yes, what another great conversation around fatherhood. I just love hearing dads talk about fatherhood. It's sometimes funny when we get started. It's like, what are we going to talk about? And then you start talking about fatherhood and you realize how deep and rich and how much we care about this topic. And I know as you're listening, uh, I hope that you're walking away inspired. Know that you're not alone. Uh, Collectively, this is fatherhood. It's not about one dude. It's about many all striving for that same thing. Uh, Make sure to check out our Kickstarter campaign uh, for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. I am so excited about it. I've been journaling since I was 18 years old. I'm 36 now. Journaling has definitely helped me. And this journal is created for everyday dads like you and I. Help us wake up, be intentional about who we are, where we're going, where we're headed, and uh, also be intentional about our families that we could be in tune with them and really know who they are and what they need and how we can best serve them. So definitely go support the campaign. We can't do it alone. We need your help to support it and definitely share it. So thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.